and welcome to a very special episode of Rewind and Reconsider, where we rewind your favorite childhood movies and reconsider them. I'm your host, Mia Fagan, and I am joined by, as always, my husband, Harrison Fagan, who has brought us a very special movie that's near and dear to his heart that literally came out yesterday. Yeah, well, so, I mean... Mia, we live in a society where all of us have our favorite movies and our favorite movie universes and our favorite canons. And, you know, I just think that the DCEU is really underappreciated. And I no one's saying that. am really, really excited. Everyone appreciates the DCEU. No, no, I don't, I don't think they do. I mean, Suicide Squad overlooked and disrespected constantly. Dis- okay. And Batman versus Superman? Yeah, I mean, was the Martha thing kind of stupid? Like, for sure. But was that a good movie, mostly otherwise? Kind of. And it did some interesting things. And so I am excited to watch Zack Snyder's self-indulgent vision for the Snyder Cut. Like, I, I'm just excited to see, like, unhinged Zack Snyder. You know, like, this is a movie that he sacrificed basically, like, all money to make. Because he just wanted to make a four-hour Justice League movie. And as a gigantic comic book nerd, honestly, there is nothing that could make me respect him more than being like, no, we need four hours of movie to tell the story of these characters. And I'm excited to watch it. I'm glad at least one of us is. Um, Do you remember the first time you watched Justice League? I do. It was actually, like like we said at the end of our last episode, it was on one of our first times hanging out together. Mm -hmm. Um, We went and watched it because I knew Harrison really liked... DC Comics, so I was like, perfect, we'll go hang out and watch Justice League. Do I want to watch it? No, but I want to hang out with Harrison. And uh, we went, I wasn't looking forward to it, but I was looking forward to you having fun. And I had a massive panic attack in the middle of the movie. I went outside, told Harrison... The middle of the movie's generous. It was like the first scene. <laughs> like, it was it was like when Batman's fighting off the parademons in Gotham. Like, yeah. you, you, were, you were gone. My food had not even arrived at my seat yet, and you were gone. Yep, I leaned over, and I was like, I have to go to the bathroom, and I was gone for 20 minutes. And since I didn't know you that well yet, I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. And then, like, you know, after, like, I'd say probably 20, 30 minutes, like, I was like, hey, are, are you all right? Like, and then... You were like, I'm outside having a panic attack. Just enjoy your movie, and I was gonna sit. I was gonna sit and wait for you to be done because I knew you wanted to watch the movie, and I didn't want to ruin it for you. Yeah, and then it, it was very nice. You came over and you uh, brought an illegally pirated. <laughs> <laughs> it was so pixelated. It was like an eight bits uh, version of. But you know what? We watched it and together. So since then, I I hated that movie because <laughs> number one, I could barely see what was going on at all. Was, I just wanted to make it up to you. <laughs> yeah, it was the worst pirate of all time. I didn't want to pay for another ticket, but I was like, we can watch it for free. We'll save money. Me being the cheap ass that I am, <laughs> it was just a window into what you're going to live through. So I'm excited to not only see. <laughs> Like, what, if Zack Snyder can improve upon the original version, I'm just excited to actually, like, see the movie. Because, for the most part, I was just watching, like, grainy blobs the first time we watched it, so... See, the, the after we watched it, I actually watched it again on DVD. Without me? Yeah. I did. Wow. I'm sorry. I didn't really like it, so We I'm live not... in a society where people are frequently betrayed, and where <laughs> honor is a distant memory. But maybe this will make up to it. So we will be right back, and we will watch the four-hour Snyder Cut Justice League. And welcome back. We just watched Zack Snyder's Justice League, better known as the Snyder Cut. And Mia is going to give us our 60-second summary of 
a four-hour movie. And Mia, honestly, I feel like we should give you a little bit of extra time for this one, but I'm not going to because I'm not that nice. And so you are stuck, unfortunately, with just 60 seconds. You're or, setting me up to fail, basically. Are you ready to fail? <laughs> <laughs> Such an ass. All right. Go ahead. So we open up, and it's all about these three boxes, right? Three boxes, and you put them together, and they make a big bad weapon or something. And this guy named Stefan Wolf, he looks like a porcupine with big eyes. He's all like, I want these boxes to come together. He has to go find these boxes. And one of the boxes is in the Amazon with the Amazonians. He gets that one. And then in the second one is the in Atlantis with the Atlanteans. He's like, I'll go get that one. So he's looking for the third one. And then this is when the Justice League comes in. So it's Cyborg. The Flash, Wonder Woman, Batman, Aquaman, and then Superman later. He's dead, but he comes back to life. So they all have to get together and fight this person. And then they fight the the bad guy, Stefan Wolf, inside this, like, nuclear thing. And they're like, oh, we have to get these boxes out of here. And so they, like, do the whole thing. And then that's pretty much it. 48 seconds. I mean, it's a pretty simple plot, so... Yeah, I mean, you you left out a lot of the particulars, like them resurrecting Superman from the I dead. I did know. I, and... I mentioned it. He was dead, and now he's alive. That's all you, gotta, you know, all you gotta know. Yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, I feel like no one's listening to this podcast without having seen the movie, so that's probably a good enough summary if you have seen it. And if you haven't seen it, then I apologize, but we will get more into the nitty-gritty as this goes along. Yes. So, so how I wanted to do this was let's just go through and talk about a little bit about each hero in the titular Justice League. And, you know, Mia, I'm going to let you pick the first one because this was my movie and uh, and you had to do the 60-second summary. So you got put on the spot and I'm going to let you go ahead and pick our first hero that you want to talk about. So uh, let's start off with... The main, basically, I feel like this character is the main character of Justice League. He's like kind of the center, and it's Cyborg. They really changed. I feel wow, like, why do you hate women? <laughs> no, I just. Anyways, I feel like. <laughs> I really feel like this is his movie. Did you get that sense? Kind of like he's kind of the heart of the movie, and he's the one that kind of pulls everyone together, I feel. He is the one with the most emotional stakes and emotional journey for sure in this version in this version not the especially last version. <laughs> and that is like he's also in addition to kind of being the i guess like it's ironic the robot man is the emotional center of this movie that was probably intentional because this was snyder but um yeah. it, the, the robots the most human one <laughs> and no I, yeah i thought that he was in addition to being kind of the main you know, through line of the movie in terms of his emotional journey and kind of where yeah. where he starts to where he finishes. I feel he like definitely has the longest arc. And I also feel like, you know, that arc, he was the biggest beneficiary of this cut as this, compared yeah, to the original. This, he was the reason. I feel like he was the reason for this cut. And I'm actually really glad that they, he got, because that's a lot, there were so many scenes with Cyborg in it. And I remember watching the Justice League, the regular version, and there were barely any cyborg it just felt like he was kind of thrown in there it does it was it, it, it didn't give him like much of a background you just thought oh he's a teenager that or a young adult ish person that got robot powers and you didn't really like understand what his powers could do yeah so i feel like he's a lot more um fleshed out and you you can see where his emotional journey was and i think that was honestly for me that was the most interesting part of the movie and it's just really really sad that a lot of the the scenes with cyborg were unused scenes and it was like 
putting those scenes in makes the movie so different. It's crazy. And I'm really glad that Ray Fisher got his moment in the sun with his cyborg character. And he got... Because he's really good. He was really good at cyborg. You what, can, ma- what made him good to you? I think the acting of him, like, kind of hating his dad at first and being like, oh, he made me a monster and then him going through that emotional journey of realizing like his dad saved him because he loves him and even though his dad doesn't show him love as much like he really wants him still around and then when spoiler alert his dad dies that really pushes him into motion into being like the hero of the justice league he's like i have to do this for my dad and you know this is this is what i was meant to do and being to be as great as his dad clearly saw him as, yeah. And like, like in giving him these almost godlike powers, you know, his dad had was placing a lot of trust in him, and they they have that whole monologue training scene that was not in the original, as far as I remember, Mm-mm. of him learning to utilize those powers and what he can do, and you start to see, you know, him when he you know hacks the atm to give this struggling you know uh, this struggling it's like the beginning mom. beginning of being a hero you can see the steps of him going towards and you can see that he's a fundamentally good person and why his dad would entrust him with these powers although i did think that there was like there was interesting language when his dad was when he was talking to his dad about uh like the process of becoming cyborg and they really got into almost the body horror of this in that you are basically a piece of a face and that is the only human part left of you. And how would someone emotionally process that? Even if you were maybe... He didn't even seem at the beginning the most grateful to be alive. No, he was pissed. Yeah, and when he was talking to his dad, he said... Or when his dad decided to save him, rather, at the hospital, his dad, you know, when the nurse says that that he was going to die, that he wasn't going to make it, he was basically a vegetable, his dad said, I won't allow it. He didn't say, I will save you. He said, I won't allow it. And I thought that that was good... I thought that that was well-done dialogue to kind of get across that his dad was almost playing God to a degree rather than it wasn't like, I'm going to do everything in my power to bring you back to life. It's like, I will not allow you to, to die. die. And allow is a key word there because Cyborg did not really want to be alive. It was that he was not given a choice to become this thing. Yeah. And you see kind of how horrifying that would be and how much at the beginning he hates himself and what he's become, you know, spitting at the idea basically of them being considered gifts and things like that. And yeah. has to go through this whole journey of learning to accept himself and you know that he can be a hero for this world yeah no I I definitely you can tell that towards the end he was really comfortable with himself and he's open to the fact that you know this is who I am and I can use these for good so I thought that was really good honestly that that is like the most standout part of the Snyder Cut because that was literally not in the original at all Yeah, I mean, you didn't get a larger sense for his character. He really did just seem like a throw-in in the first one. And you can see why his actor has been... I mean, in addition to the allegations that he's made of, like, you know, just abhorrent conduct on set from Joss Whedon, you know, you, you can see how even just from strictly an artistic perspective, he would be upset that because all of these Because he put so were... much emotion into this character, and then they, Joss Whedon comes in and just, like, takes, like, a fucking scissors and just cuts it all around. So I think that... He really got his his justice. Uh, was that intentional? That yes. was well done. That was nice. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm proud of you. Um, so let's let's talk. Who should we talk about next? Let's go Flash because I, was, I feel I, like I was, I was, he, I was just gonna say that this movie is 
it's not that it's not that Flash is in it more. I think that it's just he's utilized well. I think one of you know he's not he's like the comic relief, but he's also he also is the heart of the movie too because he's the one that really saves the day to, at the end, and he he's like willing to sacrifice for the cause basically. And I don't think they had that. They didn't have that scene where he runs around and like brings uh, turns back time in the original one at all. Well, because Darkseid wasn't in it as yeah. much, if I'm remembering correctly. He was kind of put to the side of like, oh, you're going to help the civilians, basically. Yeah. But Yes, you're right. He helped that family. There was like a, far, a farm family yeah, yeah, that he yeah, was yeah. basically escorting yeah. out of the city and that, that was, was not in this version. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Man. Right? No, and, and like, <laughs> it, it, honestly, that goes to show, I think, kind of the misuse of Flash, where I, I think you can tell watching the two versions that when Whedon came in, it was this idea of, and, you know, this clearly came from the studio as well. Zack Snyder has alluded to this in an interview that they didn't like him because they wanted the movie to be funnier, and he's like, well, then why did you hire me? Like, this isn't the movie that I pitched you on, and stuff like that. And you can almost see this creative tension in, number one, you know, frankly, the cyborgish, hackish job, hack job of the original version, but also in how differently Flash is used. He in the he was almost like a cartoon in yeah. the original version. He was that the one that out. got the most like. When Joss Whedon came in, I feel like he was the one that got the most jokes that he had to say and stuff like that. Yeah, they were almost, in the original version, it felt like they were trying to turn him and Bruce Wayne into their Tony Stark and Peter Parker a little bit. Yeah, and I just didn't, yeah, that doesn't gel with me. <laughs> and like you, it seemed like, it, I even made a note in here that this is what they're going for at the beginning when Batman recruits him, but then they kind of just go away from that. That wasn't something where Batman becomes this father figure to him or, you know, like where a Flash is cracking jokes the whole time and no. you know just almost again coming off as like a cartoon character like he's not a real person he's just it it was it, it was the worst example or may, maybe in this case the best example but the example of the worst ways that they tried to essentially make that justice league movie a avengers one yeah in that flash was all wisecracks all physical humor pratfalls yeah. whatever quips. there's even the you know somewhat infamous scene now where uh, where you know, Flash is, during that scene when they're fighting in the pipes inside Gotham, when the Justice League first fights as a team and they aren't really operating as a team yet, there's a point in this one still where Flash trips and stumbles and falls and whatever. I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, there was, but I know that this scene was in there, and there was a scene where the Flash, in one of his stumbles, basically lands on Wonder Woman's chest. Mm -hmm. And oh yeah 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 I know what you're talking about. I don't yeah. think this was in the original. No, it was in the original. It oh no no I meant in, this, in this one yeah. Yeah it was not in this one, and that is because as Ray Fisher pointed out that Joss Whedon was basically on set. He was constantly referring to Diana as Natasha in like oh, Freudian no. slips, and apparently had allegedly admitted that that scene was something that he wanted to have happen that was cut from the Avengers movies, and that he was <sighs> using it and getting it in here. And it's just like Flash in this one is taking more seriously is like he's a human being he's a guy that you know like he's like the everyday man he's yes. kind of like we're seeing we're we're flash basically he's just kinda, he is he is still that audience proxy yeah basically and that he is as excited about having superpowers and about interacting with these super yeah. people as any of us would be mm -hmm. but 
you know, like all DC heroes have to have, he ha- his parents are dead or there's some tragedy that's befallen yeah, them. And in his case, it is that his dad is in jail for the murder of his mother, which he did not commit. Mm-hmm. And he wants to become a CSI. You get at that journey. You get at the version of him that's like, it, you know, the irony with Flash is that Barry Allen is always late wherever he's going, mm-hmm. even though he has super speed. And you get to see the beginning, a scene that was completely cut from the original version of him saving Iris and starting to not really get to know her but where he's maybe falling in love yeah, with her yeah and she's gonna know. be in the flash well there is a flash movie right yeah right now there is a flash movie ben affleck's actually coming back for that one we'll talk about all that later but yeah, yeah i feel like flash i think cyborg and flash both got a lot more fleshed out um, stories and stuff and i think i really liked both of them together and i would have loved to seen them together because you know flash is kind of like this squirrely kind of guy and then cyborg's very serious but you know he's very and they were clearly trying to set up their, you know, buddy-buddy dynamic. I would have loved to see when that. When Cyborg was going to end up, you know, they're not good cop, bad cop, but like, you know, serious cop, comedic cop. They're rush hour, basically, yeah. dynamic. Yeah, I mean, but they work well together. Though. For the Flash movie, and they had good chemistry playing yeah. off of each other, I felt like. And, you know, that is not going to happen anymore because Ray Fisher decided, and justifiably, that he was going to actually fight against actual misconduct rather than stay silent and continue to work with WB. Honestly, I hope this movie shows people what they were missing and why he was mad. And I hope they people, just like how they did for the Snyder Cut, I, ho- I hope that they campaigned for him to come back and play Cyborg because I think he was really, really good at it. And I would love to see a, a whole Cyborg movie because, you know, he was that good, but, you know. It, it is a little bit of a commentary on the state of, I, I think, our culture and the movie industry that the only Justice League member that did not have a solo movie announced that was going to be shoehorned in as a sidekick for another Justice League member's movie was the black guy. Ugh, I know. But I, I did read somewhere that Zack Snyder really wanted to make this a cyborg movie. The yes, and, and Zack Snyder actually, we'll, we'll get into more of him, you know, as we go through this. The only complaints that I had with Flash was, you know, he still, there are moments where the comedic stuff feels a little much for like what the tone of the movie was. I get they're trying to bring they levity, toned, but, but they toned it down. They toned it way, way down. down, which is fine. And also like the sound mixing was not great in his time travel. I don't know if this was just RTV or if other people experienced yeah. this. It was really hard to make out what he was saying. And I also just like... I thought, you know, again, going back to the manic energy of this character, but, like, he, they're setting up this whole, like, he, oh, love at first sight with him and Iris West, who is his traditional comic books love interest and whatever, uh-huh. but then he's being, like, kind of pervy still about Wonder Woman, about, like, oh, you think she'd go for a younger guy, like, stuff like that, and uh-huh. I, I, I don't know, it just, he's not... It really shows his age. Yes, I, I liked... I will say I like the CW version of The Flash better than I like this one. I, I Honestly, I have no idea anything about The Flash. So I, I don't know if But you character... liked him. Yeah, yeah, he was okay. So I guess if you, you know, if you haven't seen better, then he's fine. <laughs> All right, uh, who do you want to talk about next? Mm, let's talk Aquaman. Okay. Um, I feel like I talked a lot in Flash, so I'll let you take the lead on Aquaman. <laughs> Aquaman, I feel like, is kind of the same in the Justice League movie. I think they cut back his comedic... Like, uh, his comedy a little his, bit. His fish-out-of-water moments. Exactly. Um, they did really try to put in more of, like, a... Kind of, like, a connection between this movie and his solo movie. Mm-hmm. With bringing in Willem Dafoe. And then I know Amber Heard came in, uh, reshot some scenes as well, too. So that kind of made it gel a little bit more. But honestly, I, Aquaman's not really a character that I really loved. And I don't... 
I don't know. I think they made him a little bit more serious, and it shows the conflict he was having with trying to save the world. And he's like, no, I don't want to. I just want to hang out in Iceland with my Icelandic friends. And then he also has all this stuff down under, not Australia, but the sea. (laughs) (laughs) This conflict of, like, you need to come back. You need to take your place, your rightful place. And he's like, I don't want that either. But I don't really like them that much. Yeah, and so, I mean, he was I, but, you know, it wasn't too... I don't think they changed much about him, I don't think. Yeah, I think he honestly got, like, him and Batman, I feel like, got the least new stuff. I, I think Batman had some comedic stuff that was cut in this one, but I, I think for the most part, their journeys are fairly similar in both movies, although obviously you get more of both just by virtue of this one being Because it's four hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and it does, look, it does, all of this, you know, a four-hour movie's a big ask. I appreciated that they broke it up into episodic increments so that you kind of, you didn't have to watch it all in one yeah. sitting. I think, yeah. As God and Zack Snyder intended. Unfortunately, we <laughs> broke that vow. But I did think that, you know, my only, literally my only note that I wrote down under Aquaman was find something you like as much as Aquaman likes walking backwards with his arms outstretched into water. Yeah. Because it's like every scene that he exited, he turns around and he opens his arms wide like he does the the full Night King from Game of Thrones, come at me, bro, yeah. as he walks yeah. into the water dramatically. He's just a, he's a dude bro character. Yeah. I expected him to end like every single line he had with brah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you haven't seen the Aquaman movie. Have I have you? not. It's, it's all right. Yeah, he's fine. I, I don't really have complaint. Like he did everything I expected a Jason Momoa character to do. Yeah. Like it wasn't more, not any less. Yeah, I mean, not much on that. All right, before our podcast encounters the same pacing issues and overly longness at times of the Snyder Cut, let's let's jump through these last couple. And so let's talk Batman, my favorite comic book character of all time. You really like Batman. Bat, Bat, Batflick. I remember you really fight for that sometimes. Yes, yeah. I, I think he's great, and I thought that he was fine in this movie. I actually will still go to my grave maintaining that his performance in Batman vs. Superman <sighs> is one of the most underrated, you know, comic book movie performances we've ever had, just because the movie overall as a whole is not good. I really thought that Ben Affleck was great in that movie. No, I think he plays it well. I appreciated the grittiness that he brought to the role, and the anger, and like... Just that they did a different version of Batman who wasn't so, like, holier than the self-righteous guy, but that also beats the hell out of everyone without murder. Like, they showed that Batman's kind of a crazy asshole. Yeah. And I I feel like we got a little bit less of that in this movie, but that's also some of the journey of the character is he's learning to be a team leader when he's always Play well with others. Yeah, and when he's always, you know, kind of isolated himself from the world and, you know... It had maybe the most... I want to get into the Batman-Joker stuff after, you know, when we talked Nightmare about the whole movie and all that. So we'll get to that. But my main thing... I I honestly... I didn't feel like this changed a whole lot for Batman again. Sort of like like Aquaman. But, you know, I did... uh, I'm not going to lie, and I don't remember if this was in the original cut, but I did really enjoy when Barry asked him what his superpower was. He said, I'm super rich. That was in the original. Okay. Well, that was great. And (laughs) it's the most accurate description of Batman's superpower, unless he was like, I'm super crazy. And then that's also accurate. I think there was a scene that was cut that him and Wonder Woman have a fight. Do you remember that? They were talking, when they're all talking about what to do with the mother box. um, Also, I don't know why the fuck it's called mother box. I just... Because they create. They create life. (sighs) Stupid. Anyways. They birth to it. They birth um, new worlds. I think... I think that was like there was a fight you between have to call them. them mommy boxes no there was a fight between him and wonder woman and and that was replaced with 
um, everyone around the table, I mean, not including Superman, talking about it together. It was a togetherness instead of just like Wonder Woman, Batman, we're arguing, whoever wins, that's what we're going to do. Well, that's because the original movie was, the sequence of a lot of these events was different. And so that was what I think made that different in the original cut. But I, I did... You know, I like that we didn't just, like, start on Batman in Gotham City fighting parademons. I feel like that was way less being thrown into the deep end. This movie is, again, it's long, but it is paced better, and it doesn't... It's long for maybe, a reason. Maybe the biggest compliment that I can give it is it doesn't feel like it's four hours. Yeah, you know what? Like, every time, like, it ended the segment, I was like, oh, oh, we're done with the yeah, chapter one. A, oh, that wow, was that was an hour. Okay. Yeah, 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 I mean, maybe it dragged a little bit in the middle, but... Yes. I feel like towards the end, when they start working together, the fight scene at the end was really good. I think what really dragged it was um, the beginning around when they did the Amazonian kind of thing. That was a little too long for my liking. It was a little long, but I actually appreciated that we got to actually care about those characters before they were just killed off as cannon fodder. I feel like they were treated much better in this movie than they were in the original cut. Yeah, but I was just kind of You like got the that. sense of their fearlessness and their bond together and they were willing to die to do this. Yeah, but and... you already see that in Wonder Woman, so it's like, oh, I gotta see it again. I guess. I, I don't know. I, I thought that they were treated better here, but I, I agree. I mean, it was a little longer than maybe it needed to be. Speaking of the Amazonians. Let's talk about Wonder Woman. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna say it. I don't like Wonder Woman. Oh, really? Okay, so we disagree. All right, let, let's dive into it. Why do you I, not like Wonder Woman? I don't know. Why, I think why I've do been, you hate women as, as a whole? No, <laughs> I think I've been I was I've been so tainted by the 1984 movie one, the second Wonder Woman movie, <laughs> that I'm just like I'm fucking over her. I don't want to. This movie's fault. It it kind of is, but like I'm already so over her. I'm just like, oh god, she's just too like I am. I am what's right, and I do what's right for human beings. And I've been around here longer than you have, and I know what's going on. And blah 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 blah. She's five thousand years old, Mia. I know, and it shows because it's like, all right, whatever, Diana. Like, listen, we're all gonna work together, and like, she's just I don't know. She just bugs me now, and I think the whole scene when she was fighting the people at the beginning at the museum. Um. She was, like, fighting, and what? Let's talk about that. No, 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 I want to talk about that scene. Keep going. First of all, the the CGI and her, like, moving around looked like <laughs> absolute garbage. It was so, I was like, did they reshoot this? I don't even know. Like, so, oh, so bad. And then. My friend Jared Wade compared, he said, it was bold of Zack Snyder to campaign for this for years and then have some of the CGI look like a PlayStation 2 cutscene. Right? You can obviously tell, like, that's not Gal Gadot. That is, like, a CGI person of hers. So she's moving around. Also, they, like, replaced, I don't know if this was in the original, but, like, what really pissed me off is that every time Wonder Woman came onto the screen, there was this, like, Background noise. Can you can you do the theme? I the don't new want theme? to. No, can you do it? Can you just it's give just us your It's just like impression? this like wailing woman that's like, ah, ah, like something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so fucking annoying because it's like, all right, we get it. She's a strong Amazonian woman. Like, can we just get back to the cool guitar kind of riff thing that she had at the beginning? I only heard that like twice. Every time she jumped in, it was like that sound that, sound that I just did. I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> can just, you do it one more time? No, I'm not doing it <laughs> Um, but I just feel like she's such a f- flat character to begin with. I just think that she's such... There's nothing wrong with her. That's the I, thing. I think that's 
less the character and more the quality of the writing in the movies because I feel like her movie, her original her first movie, one, her first was one. very well written, gave Gal, allowed Gal Gadot to shine in the role. Yeah. I don't think that she's like the greatest actress in the world. And so when you're saying the character is flat, to me, I don't think that that's a Wonder Woman thing. I think that's a little bit of a writing and an actress thing. I guess, but I think it was also situational too because... In her first movie, she's kind of a fish out of water, and she's trying to understand, and she's just like, oh, but I come from the Amazon, and we, it's just black and white, and she doesn't understand that they're, in the human world, it's a gray area. But then she learns that in the first movie, and in the second movie, it's just... Her character feels a little, uh, not to, I don't want to make this a whole DC versus MCU comparison, but it feels a little Thorish in that you need, for someone that's that much of a fish out of water, you need someone that kind of understands the world and to like show how out of place they are for them to work a little bit instead of just she is noble warrior feminist goddess and like you know I, I thought it's funny the internet was mad about her portrayal in this movie and how violent she is and she comes from amazonians like they're exactly like, violent as hell i know the first movie she's literally in world war one like if you think no one was dying in that movie i'm sorry you're wrong <laughs> and you know like she it, it was definitely a lot more violent than i remember her being in the original cut of the movie but that's also this one is r that one was pg-13 yeah and uh, you know i di- i didn't think that it was over the top and there's also the whole thing of Wonder Woman has never been a Superman, Batman character of like, I don't kill, that's immoral. Wonder yeah. Woman comes from a society of warrior goddesses, like you said. Yeah, she, she lives in a society. <laughs> and, you know, so for me, her blowing up that terrorist that just tried to kill a bunch of kids was not completely out of character. I mean, I question whether or not, like, the scale of it, did she need to blow up a, an entire wall of a museum that feels unnecessary to me to get rid of one terrorist that only had a gun that was empty left? But it was badass. And... You know what? I take my original opinion back. I think... <laughs> I think Wonder Woman, the character, it's not the Wonder Woman, the character I don't like. I think it's Gal Gadot I don't like. Like, personally? Yeah. Could she sing Imagine and make you feel better? No, she couldn't. <laughs> I think that's what's tripping me up. I think was, the way she delivers her lines, it's like, who says it like that? It also, I just don't think that she was very well written and in this movie. Like, she was fine. Again, I'm not going to complain too much because it's not like, like, she wasn't a reason that this movie was bad or something. She just wasn't one of the stronger parts of it. Mm-hmm. And it, the one part that really bugged me was it felt like this movie's version of the Avengers Endgame scene where they're like, look at all these female characters we have for this completely random stoppage in the middle of the battle where they're yeah, all going to huddle yeah, yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this movie's version of that scene was after she stopped these traumatized children from being almost blown up by a bomb and then shot a girl's like can I be like you and she's like you can be anything you want to be and then just whoosh off into the air and it's just like it just felt out of place with this movie and the gritty dark world like Zack Snyder he's like oh I'm creating this realistic gritty world bro where and then there's that point heroes all hate each other and everyone kills each other and then also like Wonder Woman inspiration yeah woman power yeah um you want to... Girls get it done. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so Superman. That was their unironic girls get it done moment. Yeah. What did you think about Superman? Um, was there anything do you think that changed for him? or? I-, I think you saw a little bit more of just how much of a bad... Like, in the original cut, I don't remember Steppenwolf going out like such a bitch. You know? Just <laughs> when Superman shows up. And that was... Honestly... This yeah, thing, yeah. No, you know what? He did can... go out as a bitch in the original one. Oh, he did? Yeah. Okay. Well, then... 
I guess I have nothing to add here. I guess Superman was about the same then for me. Um, and I mean, he got the black the black suit. That was kind of cool. Yeah, that was cool. And like, I mean, that was very. But you know what? Like he's he wears the black suit. You know what they didn't put? I in? know that's a comic book thing. Before everyone gets, mad. I know when Superman returns, he has like a dark metal phase and whatever. Um, what they didn't do, put in the Snyder cut, which I'm really glad, was at the beginning. At the beginning, they kind of show in this cut. They kind of show like kind of the aftermath of Superman being gone. And I think that was pretty interesting to see how, like, the world... Because he's just, like, this Jesus figure that everyone was like, oh, my God, he's going to save everything. He's never going to die. Oh, shit, he just died. Oh, my God. So you see the aftermath. But in the original one, it's you the also, cell phone see, image. Do you remember that? Yes. And so it's, Also, speaking of Jesus figure, the way he dies and you hear the sound of it around the world. And, and they kind of explained it later in that that awoke the mother boxes because they were waiting for Superman to be gone to yeah. call back out because yeah. they knew that they had no, no chance No, 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 but I, I think there. that makes sense because he's such a big character. Like, imagine, like... And also when he goes up to the sun and he does the, the stigmata, like he goes up and... He's charging himself. And, yes, he's charging himself by looking at, That's like, how he Jesus. gets his power, doesn't he? So he can absorb sun, he, sun. He doesn't need to open his arms and be space Jesus. Well, too. he was dead for a while, so he's got to stretch and limber up before the. <laughs> Look, I, listen. I I like super. I like this version of Superman. I think he's very real, and maybe maybe I'm a little biased because I think Henry Cavill is a fucking snack, and uh, this is the first Superman that has a hairy chest, and I'm here for it. So I'm just saying. All right, thanks, Mia, for horning up the Superman <laughs> segment. I. You know, he, I, I enjoy, I'm with you in enjoying his Superman in that he's not, like, Super blue perfect. Boy Scout. Yeah, and he's not. He no, has... like, he gets mad. He experiences human emotion. You can see at the end that he's like, you were trying to destroy the world. I'm going to kick the shit out of you with yeah. Steppenwolf. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, I, I think good setup for the ultimate Justice League sequels that we never get to see to be in that. That's a whole other thing. In that Superman, you see that. You know, one thing that, uh, just to touch on Steppenwolf really quick, I appreciated about it was, uh, you know... He wasn't the main bad guy. Yes, he was He was middle management of bad guys. Basically. As one, I think it was Slate put it in uh, in their, uh, in an article I saw, they're like, we stand Steppenwolf, the middle management, <laughs> uh, the, the, fail, yeah, the they, fail son middle management. They kind of like show like why he's doing this. He's been exiled. He just wants to get back home. And it's like, there's his motive. That's why he wants to destroy the world. He just wants to get back home. And he's working... Towards some a goal. Yeah, and you can say that like I mean, obviously what he's doing is evil, but you feel like you understand why he's doing it. A yeah, little instead bit. of and just he's also twirling mustache kind of. Villain. Yeah, he's also kind of like, relatable in the sense of like he kind of sucks at his job. <laughs> yeah, and that, you he has know, to keep going back with reports like, "Hey, did you finish it?" And he's like, "No, but." It wasn't like they just nerfed him for the final fight against the Justice League or something like that. Like, during the whole movie, you can see that they're sort of a match for him when they work together and when they coordinate and things like that. Like, Wonder Woman takes him on pretty capably one-on-one. You see, you know, Aquaman has a moment against him and Cyborg is able to kind of hold him off. But once they get all together, that's when they can... Well, and then all the... But then, to a step, getting back to Superman, Superman shows up. And it's just no contest. Like, this guy just has no chance anymore. Like, he was capably battling one-on-one. Superman was the missing puzzle piece. Well, no, it's just he was... It shows how big of a threat Superman is and how much stronger he is than the rest of the Justice League. But I do like when they're... At the end when they're fighting, it's not... Superman only comes at at the end. Because I feel like if Superman was there at the beginning, it would be all over. That's it. Yeah, it would have been. And that's what the final fight establishes, is that Superman walks up. This guy hits him with his axe. Superman just looks at it, turns it to ice, knocks it away, and then just starts beating the hell out of him yeah 
Yeah, but I like how they saved him toward the end because... And then just, Wonder Woman decapitates him as he gets sent back to his home planet, I mean, which I just, thought was a nice... Uh, uh, just in case he wasn't, you know, dead enough from Superman lasering off his ear, head, brain thing, and then Aquaman impaling him with a trident to throw it, they basically take out the trash, then Wonder Woman's like, yeah, you know, I'm just gonna make sure and just chops off his head as hey, he goes through Hey, you know game. what? As we've seen when we watched the Avengers movie, I'll go for the head. Yeah, Thanos taught us that. That's they, they, wa- they watched Avengers Endgame. They did. They're, They're like, like, we just used some time travel We're closing hygiene. this loophole here. Yeah, Flash was the one that did the, you should have gone for the head when he got shot in the side and yeah. still saved the day. Um, but yeah, so I think a lot of the characters are more fleshed out and it, more understandable. The motives are, and the story is not all over the place like it was in the original. Did um, we, t- we touched on everyone, right? Pretty much. A uh, little side characters, though. I think uh, Alfred got a lot more screen time. I think you got a lot more scenes with him. Jeremy Irons is great. I'm always happy to have him on screen. Yeah, yeah. And um, Lois Lane, I think she had more of an emotional meeting with Superman's mom, which also turns out not to be Superman's mom. So let's get into this. <laughs> Mia, we are going to debut a new segment today on Rewind and Reconsider, and it is called... How the fuck would you show me something if I couldn't have it? So, on today's episode of Why Would You Show Me That If I Can't Have It, we're going to get into the everything of the spinoffs that this movie set up that it is not going to deliver on. So I made a little bit of a note here, and this is, you know, if you're going to criticize this movie for, you know, anything, it's almost like... It's giving you a taste of something that you cannot have. Well, also, just everyone gets mad that every MCU movie is to some degree an ad for the next MCU movie and what's going to happen next and whatever. But you this, fall for it every time! Well, also, this movie is just a bunch of things set up for absolutely no reason now. So we have Ryan Choi, who is actually uh, the third Ada, a person to take on the superhero mantle of Adam. He's set up in this movie, uh, like some reshot scenes, some new ones. Wait, who? Ryan Choi. He was the he was the assistant to. Oh, so uh, he was someone. Yes, he was. That's why that was the significance of revealing that name at the end. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. And so he was set up, and Zack Snyder has said that he wanted to make a movie with him in China, and like you know, kind of I guess doing this Adam thing there. Who's Adam? And Adam is a character. He's sort of like he's DC's Ant Man, essentially. Is the best way to sum it up. Okay. And you also have, so to get into what you were talking about, no, actually, we'll do that last. So you have Slade uh, set up for a Justice League sequel slash Batman movie that's not going to happen. So pissed because he gets on screen, he looks cool as fuck. Like his outfit is on point. He looks so badass. I'm like, Joe Mangelano, I don't know how to say his last name. He's the buff guy from uh, Magic Mike. I was like, yes, let's do this. (laughs) Buff guy from Magic Mike. He wasn't Magic Mike. But, yeah, they set him up, and then they also have him in this, like, epilogue. Like, yeah, the night, we'll get into the nightmare scene. Okay. So, they, they also set up the Flash-Cyborg buddy cop dynamic for the Flash movie that's not... The, well, that is going to happen, but it's going to happen without Cyborg. And Cyborg's solo movie, too. Cyborg was never slated to get a solo no, movie. No, he was going to get a solo movie, I think. No, he was not. Zack Snyder said that that's one of his regrets is that he didn't push that one as far before stepping away from DC to make sure that that was going to get made and get Ray Fisher taken care of. So, and then it also set up the nightmare timeline where Superman goes evil because Lois dies. Uh, But then most notably, it set up the Martian Manhunter. Who is 
a cool as fuck character, I think. He's so cool because he could turn into anyone. Well, it was very weird that they have this emotional scene between Martha, you know, the Martha, <laughs> and Lois, and then it turns out it's just the Martian Manhunter yeah, like, catfishing weird. her, and then so what happens when she goes to Lois and she's like, thanks for giving me the encouragement to get out of my house that day, and then I ended up going and being where I needed to be Martha's for Superman. Like, and what the Martian, fuck are you talking about? Yeah, and she's like, huh? Martian Martha. <gasps> Martian Martha. Oh my god. <laughs> we should He's been Martha the whole time! <laughs> yeah, and then he comes- There's at- no Martha! <laughs> he comes at the end. It's just the Martian Manhunter. Uh, he comes at the end to see Batman. He's like, yo, what's up? I exist. Call me when you need me. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. So he is a cool character. and it In the comics, been, he is a cool character. It would have been cool to get him in future sequels. The story of that ba- of that cameo oh, okay. was originally that was going to be uh, the Jon Stewart Green Lantern. The Black Green Lantern. Not the original Hal Jordan one. Wait, Jon um, Stewart, like the guy from The Daily Show? No. He's, his name is actually Jon Stewart oh. <laughs> in, in the comics. And he is the he's the second Green Lantern, I believe, for DC. But we Don't... do see a Green Lantern in like a flashback. And I'm like, cool, is someone going to? Nope. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, they didn't deliver on that. That red herring did not get followed up upon. But originally that was going to be an as yet uncast Green Lantern for that scene. And they had shot... Ben Affleck sides of it, but they actually brought him, it was one of the reshoots that they did, was they brought him back to reshoot this scene with the Martian Manhunter, the guy who plays him, I'm blanking on the actor's name, but Zach, how that actually happened, and how that became, because at first, I was like, this is the only time we're gonna see him? That is so, like, that's the most random setup for something that's never going to happen in the, completely just in the middle of the movie for no reason. Yeah. And then he shows up at the end and it's like, okay, you're kind of setting him up for a sequel that's never going to actually happen. But okay, it makes more sense now that, you know, he tried to kind of get involved in the conflict that way, I guess. Like, and originally that was going to be uh, Green Lantern showing up, but Zack Snyder left before they cast that part. And then that scene ended up being written out of the movie. Um, And when he came back, one of his demands was when DC, he said, no, we're not going to do that because we're going to do something with Green Lantern down the line. So we don't want to cast another one now. And he said, well, you can't take this black character out and then not replace him with another. So that's how he fought to get Martian Manhunter back in and bring this actor back and get to do that scene. I mean, it kind of is kind of a cool cameo. Like, oh, hey, that's Martian Manhunter. But then it doesn't really go anywhere. But I yeah. see I see the, what, the story behind it and why it was there. So that makes a little sense. But not in the story. Yeah. So... <laughs> Let's let's go through the other main parts of this, which is Slade and the Nightmare timeline. Let's talk Slade first. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deathstroke. Yeah. Yeah. So so you enjoyed him. <laughs> I did. He had a little time, but he was badass. He's like, fuck it. I hate Batman. Let's go. But I was down for that, you know. Yeah. So the original plan was for both him and Batman to have trained at the League of Assassins headquarters, uh, where you know they both took different philosophies of, you know, how to kind of use their skills that they had acquired. They were going to train together? They were going to have, it was going to have come out that they had trained together. They had grown up together. You know that scene where, in in Batman Begins, where Christian Bale runs under Ra's al Ghul? In this universe, it was going to be that Bruce Wayne and uh, Slade Wilson both learned under Ra's al Ghul and had different takeaways from it. That would have been so cool. Yeah, so they actually tried to set up that League of Do- that League of Assassins thing by putting an emblem on his sword in uh-huh. that scene. You can't really see it. It's like a very Easter egg. But then Joe Manganiello, when someone noticed it, he's like, yep, that's an Easter egg. That's for he's League of Assassins. He's probably so fucking excited. Yeah. The only problem 
It's not actually a League of Assassins logo. It was an SEO error, and it turns out that it, for a while, if you Googled League of Assassins logo, it was a Halo multiplayer logo, oh, and God. the people who made the props accidentally just made that DC EU canon. <laughs> so much it backstory. Just, this is crazy. It just goes to show, you know, the level of superficial thought that was put into this movie a little bit in that and this is going to be a longer one of our longer episodes but this is one of our longer movies with more things to talk about but it's just just like it it almost sums up this movie to me in that it was carelessly put together making no we're making references for no reason and we didn't you know think all that hard about why we need to do some of these things and yeah anyway yeah so I so and then they also notably set him up for the nightmare timeline where he and Batman and Queen Mira and uh, Joker and Cyborg and Flash yes. are try, are walking through the desert. There's and, an evil and, and, Superman and this in the future. And this, and this in the future, Aquaman and Wonder Woman are dead. They're gone. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Wonder Woman. Aquaman is dead. And, and, and it's been it's been confirmed that like when you see like the Flash forward, Flash sideways. I don't know. It's a Flash forward. Okay. Um, Superman is, like, crying, and there's a body in his hands, and it is been confirmed that that is Lois Lane's body. Yes, it is Lois Lane's body, and she was dead by Darkseid's hand. Zack Snyder's plan for this... So this was... This little sequence was a hint of, basically... He just filmed it because this is what he wanted to do for Justice League 2 and 3. The plots for Justice League 2 would have been... or So the plot of Batman would have been Lex Luthor and the Riddler discover the anti-life equation while Batman's fighting Deathstroke and stuff like that. And okay, whatever. all right, I'm down. And so, and then they end up, it gets to Darkseid for yeah. some reason, and Superman just basically says, like, okay, Batman, like, I need to go fight Darkseid. I'm trusting you. You're my guy. You saved my mom, so I'm going to trust you. Save Lois. Protect her. And he doesn't. So he doesn't manage to do it. He ends up, he doesn't sacrifice himself. Lois dies, and Superman only shows up right afterwards, blames Batman for the death, Oh, because so he a, loses all hope, becomes susceptible instead of, uh, to the anti-life equation. So he falls under Darkseid's control and basically rules the Earth as evil Superman. This is an in, this is injustice. Sort of, yes. Yeah, yeah. That plotline, it's a comic. And so line. this is why the, this ragtag group of misfits are going through the desert at the end is to send Flash back in time to go warn Bruce that you need to sacrifice yourself. Otherwise, all that's of this why is going he to says happen. Lois Lane is the key, and that's why he shows up in Batman vs Superman. He went to the wrong point in time, and so oh. this flash forward would have been them sending him back to the right point in time, right before Darkseid killed Lois, so that Batman could sacrifice himself. He would have died. Superman would have you know, decided to instead fight against Darkseid, that would have been Justice League 3, and then at the end of that movie, you would have seen that Superman and Lois's son, oh yeah, by the way, she was pregnant, those pregnancy tests. I told her. you! I yeah. fucking told you! I was like, why would they, like, linger on in, onto this pregnancy test? Why would they do that? Because she's fucking pregnant. She is why. pregnant. Their child has no powers, but because he is only alive because of Batman, grows up to become the next Batman, and the movie ends with Lois taking him down to the Batcave. I'm done. That... No, they are not going to make that. Oh my god, that would have been so cool! Honestly! That's... It's a great movie pitch, and it's just... So this, I guess, to kind of tie a bow on all of this... I mean, we, we'll talk a little Joker after after this, but I think the main 
thing that I'd say about this movie is like, I feel like the discourse online for so long has been, this is going to vindicate Snyder and this is going to show that WB just screwed him over. And I I I mean, it did. (laughs) On one hand, yes, it does absolutely show that that was a travesty of a movie that did a disservice to everyone involved that they put out originally. That said, it also goes to the flaws of how they tried to set up and rush this to production anyway. Because if you They just wanted to be the next, like, kind of like Marvel MCU. Yes. And if you need four hours to make me care about your characters, that's not a movie anymore. You know what I mean? Like, that's not... No no one was going to let him make a four-hour movie for theaters. Avengers Endgame was the finale of, like, a ten-year saga uh, featuring beloved characters that were already established all across their own that, movies. I think they only got three hours. Yeah. And I think that this one, you know, I was trying to think of could you cut this movie down an hour and still have it be somewhat the same and that you could have obviously cut off the nightmare sequence at the end because you would have saved that for the sequels and yeah. things like that. Yeah. So that saves you some time. There's probably some fluff and things in the middle that you could have cut and had it be basically the same. But overall, that's kind of my takeaway on this is like, Yes, I think Zack Snyder was kind of, he was was shafted by the WB for like them rushing out this movie that he had worked on for years, you know, because he needed to under completely understandably step away because his daughter committed suicide tragically. And like they did everyone involved a disservice and WB is incompetent for doing that. Yeah. And Joss Whedon needs to apologize to pretty much everyone. Canceled. This This podcast, we are canceling him. He is not in our minds anymore. Yeah. No, um, he's, he's done. I think the it, Justice it, League is canceled. I think it kind of shows also that Zack Snyder was a little bit over his head coming into this. I don't think I don't he was even prepared. think it's over his head. I just think it's like in over his head. That's what I meant. I'm sorry. No, the, no, I know what you meant. I, I don't think that it's in over his head to me so much as they just needed more movies before this. It, yeah, to make us care about these characters exactly. because a four-hour movie is not like a reasonable or just make it a TV series or something. Yeah. You know, like because I think that's what makes. The Marvel Cinematic Universe works so well is because you have these individual movies with these individual characters and then they get together and you're like, okay, I know everyone. I know their backstory. I know who they are. Now they're going to work together. This is fun to see. And they tried to have the team up turn into the spinoffs. It and doesn't you need, work like that. You need the other movies before that. It does, yeah. To have that emotional resonance and attachment to the characters because I think that this movie does succeed in making you care about all of these characters. Yeah, especially but for, Cyborg in four hours. In four yes. hours. It just doesn't work. You have to, it's the opposite of what MCU does. But I have hope in the DCEU though. I think they're starting to kind of get their groove and kind of... Un- you know, like, none of this is happening, right? It's just going to continue no, I to be, like, the a other- mishmash of, like... Yeah, like but, They're like, going to be, like, here's Suicide Squad that's kind of canon and... But that's you know. fine. That's fine. You have different creative people coming into these different projects, and they get to do what they think is, like, their vision. And I think that's kind of cool. Like, we get... We get, like, a Joker movie that's just all about the Joker, and it doesn't really relate to anything, but yeah, fine, it's a cool movie, or... No, nah, he's gonna show up in, in oh, the Batman. Oh, shut up. Watch, shut he's up. going to. I'm shut telling up. you he's going to. No, he's not. And then you get the Matt Reeves Batman, which is, like, a totally different Batman. I think that's kind of cool, too. I just think that the, the DC universe is not afraid to be unconnected. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because I mean, Marvel Universe, it wants to be connected. What's going on? And then the DC. Until they retcon it. Yeah. And then DC Universe is just like, I don't know. I mean, we have the CWs. Fine. Whatever. Fuck that. Those are connected. No. Like, their stance is like, those are connected. The movies, not so much anymore. <laughs> um, so let's, let's, let's get to what everyone's here for. We live in a society 
a line that they did not actually use in the final in the final Snyder cut. It was one of the few things actually cut in the Snyder cut. I know. <laughs> Release the Snyder cut cut. <laughs> yeah, we need that we need the we need the director's cut of the Snyder cut. <laughs> um, <laughs> the 6 hour long. So, for some reason I thought Joker would play a bigger role, but whatever. He's just like a little cameo. They made it such they made such a big fucking deal. They're like Joker's back. He's going to be in this movie. But he was like in like a maybe 15 10 minute segment. I think it was about five, five to 10. Yeah. Yeah. It was not very long. Yeah. But it, it did, was impactful though. I'm going to. It was a lot of fun to watch. And Snyder has said basically that he, the, the what he pitched Jared Leto on was, look, I can't have this chapter of the DCU closed without this Batman and this Joker ever interacting. And I'm and okay with that. I'm okay with that. I think that was actually pretty cool. And I, you I, got a sense of their history. Oh, also the other thing you were going to get, uh, like in these Justice League sequels, you were going to get a larger backstory on Joker killing Robin. And fuck. like, how, that's why the ha ha ha, like, uh, you lose again, Batman thing yeah. was on display. In no, Batman I think it was Superman. also referenced that Harley Quinn died too. Yeah, he references that in the Nightmare sequel. But in my mind, Harley Quinn lives on. Well, yeah, I mean, because this movie isn't canon, and that's those fine. That's the only thing. Forward. That's the only thing. Good thing that comes out of this is this is not canon that she doesn't. Die. Yeah, I thought that the scene between them was really good, though. It, Honestly, you got I was really of, surprised. You got a sense of their history, of their hatred for each other, but also the unique relationship that could only exist in a comic book world. And you know where who they did keep that, working together. You know who did that really good? Lego Batman movie. <laughs> no, it shows that like you know they need each other they like each other they just hate each other but it's like this weird like no they're connection. just both insane in the in different ways and they're both this obsessed with way. each other they're yes. both obsessed with each other lego batman movie if you haven't seen it best batman movie honestly and also i i am glad that we got the snyder cut if for nothing else but to hear batman say to the joker on screen in an officially sanctioned dcu movie dceu or dc movie i'm going to fucking kill you yeah that was great yeah. but um Kind of comparing Joker, this Joker and the Suicide Joker, I think are very wildly two different Jokers. I feel like. Yeah. I like this Joker a little bit better. I was actually really surprised when I was like, "Damn." He's clearly grown in the wasteland. He's he's become a little bit more reserved. I was kind of bummed. I'm like, "Damn, we're not going to get this Joker ever." I'm just curious, how did he get the damage tattoo off? <laughs> in in the in the post-apocalyptic wasteland, where was there tattoo removal somewhere? Or is I, that I mean, just he had now? like yeah, he had like a lot of white makeup. Yeah, on. he put white makeup on over his white skin because he doesn't like his tattoos anymore. You know who's the best Joker? Heath Ledger? No. The Joker in the Harley Quinn animated series. He is very good. That I, is the I best still, Joker. I still would have Mark Hamill above him, but... Hey, he was pretty good, too. Yeah. Um. So anyways, let's wrap this up. This is long ass. Long ass. This is the Snyder cut of... The <laughs> Mia cut. We both actually... I enjoyed it. Harrison enjoyed it. I think you honestly enjoyed it more than I did. Because you had such low expectations going in. I did. That is very true. So Because you seem, like you, you know, to take people behind the curtain, we were going to record and Mia's like, no, I need some time to process my thoughts on this movie. And so, Zack Snyder, you made art and I think... You, you brought us closer together, so thank you. I think you did a good job. I, as a comic book fan, can respect any man who just says, hey, don't give me a paycheck. I just want to make my really cool comic book movie. And Zack Snyder, we have tip to you. Yeah, so thank you. Um, I thought that some of your, you know, like, song choices were a little on the nose, and some of the, you know, everyone is Jesus in this movie, and... You had your flaws, but you did perfect, But so. it was, it was all right. It was it better. Was right. It would not be, you know, just, this wouldn't be in my top half of MCU movies, but it's MCU? definitely... MCU? Yeah. MCU. 
Like, if if this movie was in the... Like, if we're ranking it against the other MCU movies in terms of quality. Oh, I, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously, the Marvel Universe is, like, the king of all this. And I think the DC Universe is, like, the little brother that wants attention. And, like, I... You know, again, those pitches that Zack Snyder gave for sequels would have been really cool. But my suggestion would be, uh, you know, DC, get your shit together so that people actually care enough about, like, the movies that are doing the setup for these cool things. Yeah, and make more Holly Quinn movies. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm up for that. I'm up for that, too. Um, yeah, no more, whoever, everyone involved with Wonder Woman 84, just Fire acts. them, yeah. yeah. Except Pedro Pascal, keep him. <laughs> <laughs> Make him be someone else. Um, so you can find us, if you're actually listening to this all the way to the end, you can find if us. If you made it all the way through this, and also watched the Snyder Cut, I don't know, like, tweet at me or something. Like, you deserve a medal. I'll, I'll like, I'll Photoshop you a medal. That's that's impressive. Um, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and you can also find us on um, Twitter. Oh, I'm sorry, this episode was so long, I kind of forgot everything. And um, if you have a recommendation, if you want something to for us to watch, we will take it into consideration. You can do that in the form of a Apple Podcast review, five-star review, and five-star only not four point we will not take four stars no no <laughs> no cuts to this the the only uncut five star reviews um uh, and our next episode um we are going to have a very special guest and we're going to watch a movie so stay tuned you're we're not going to say what movie it no, is no we're going to keep them in suspense okay all right <laughs> and uh everyone stay safe wear a mask and uh hashtag release the snyderverse yeah, release, hashtag release Justice League 2, 3, let him make 4, I don't know, if he's not going to take a paycheck, let him make as many as he wants. There you go.